Welcome back to PR After Hours. I'm your host, Alex Greenwood, bringing you your weekly cocktail of PR and marketing tips that will help you and your business. Stick around. We'll get started right after these messages. So you've got high stakes content. You've got something really important that's got to get out there. And you're looking at the different vehicles that can transform that message that might get you maybe above the matting frenzy, the, the crowd out there. Or maybe you just need to build some confidence so that when you do have that product or concept launch, you're giving it your all and all your best. Well, that's why we're talking to Ryan Hildebrandt today. He is an expert on helping people get all the way up to a TEDx talk, but he does a lot of stuff in between too. And we're going to talk to him today here in the virtual lounge. Welcome, Ryan. Hey, thanks, Alex. Appreciate it, man. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So uh, just lay it on out there for us. Um, who, who needs you? <laughs> yeah. Who needs you? Uh, people with people with expertise that are a best kept secret. Um, and especially if you've dreamed of doing something like a TEDx talk and you want to do it right. Uh, I've organized a TEDx talk. I've spoken myself and I've, I've got just over a dozen clients that I've helped get there. And what I, what I don't do, and this is like, there's a cool like um, relationship between what you do and what I, I don't do PR. So I don't uh, apply for a bunch of people. Um, what I do is we, we kind of overinvest in, in the pitch because it's such a competitive platform. So uh, for people that want to want to want to get on it at this particular stage uh, and they've got kind of high, it's a high stakes stage, right? I mean, you're risking not just rejection. That's not such a huge thing, but really wasting an opportunity, you know, getting on this stage and having permanent evidence on YouTube that you did a bad job or that you're, <laughs> you're getting percent, right? I, that could ruin someone's reputation, like in, in the industry forever. So yeah, when, when you got a message that you want to get out there on a massive platform and uh, you don't want to mess it up, you, people call me. If you, you know, everything from YouTubers that are in their 20s to people that are in graduates of Harvard, Yale, you know, Princeton, Oxford, I'm, I'm collecting Ivy Leagues, so yeah. <laughs> so is a TEDx talk in your opinion, a crowning achievement, or is it a necessary goal for someone who is trying to become a definite thought leader? So let me put it this way. Um, I mean, there's of course good TEDx events and bad TEDx events. The quality doesn't matter quite a lot. And we can, I mean, people can email me, I'll send them a, a picture. There's a stark difference, but uh, let me put it to you this way. There's uh, about 5,000 books that get published on Amazon every single day. That's an old stat. The number is probably double that now. There are, you know, millions and millions of social media posts and whatever else. So um, basically anybody these days can go and take like a, like a cheap certification and call themselves a coach or an expert in your field. Anyone can signal that. So then the question is like, what are you doing that people that are a beginner cannot do? Not won't do, because they could write a book or pay a bunch of people, you know, pay a bunch of money to someone to, to go through a book for them. Someone who knows absolutely nothing about <laughs> about your field and theirs could still type out words. They can't get into Harvard. They can't get featured in the New York Times. They can't uh, do a TEDx talk. They can't necessarily get a book deal. That's something other than like a vanity publisher. So the question is like, how are you standing out from everybody else who is on the crowd internet? And I think the way to do that is to do things that, that, they, that a beginner or someone who's not as good as you, something they cannot do they're unable to do. And so I think TEDx is a really good sing signal of 
expertise, not the only one, certainly. I mean, you can go get published by Simon Schuster or Penguin. You could go get a feature in the New Yorker or the New York Times, you know, you could be featured in the Inc. 500 um, and, and you can do a TEDx talk. Uh, the cool thing about TEDx is it's one of those things that, that on the surface, it seems quite hard, but if you have the right strategy, I mean, I, for me, I'm not, I'm, I'm getting 50% success rate. So if people apply to two TEDx events with me, one of those ones is going to invite them. If you do any other method, I've talked to people who've applied for literally hundreds of events and they are professional speakers and they keep getting turned down again and again and again. There's more people that go to Harvard uh, or they graduate Harvard in the U.S. than there are TEDx speakers. You know, I am a professional speaker to a degree. It's not my sole uh, means of work or anything like that, but I mean, I have been paid to go express my views and to teach people and all those things. And uh, I had a friend who did a TEDx about five years ago, and I helped him with his a little bit just to work on delivery and those kinds of things. Sure. Um, but I have always, frankly, just um, said to myself, you know, probably not for you, pal. You And I'm talking to myself. And, right. and I talking to you right this moment, and I'm thinking, why have I said that? What is it about um, <laughs> somewhat? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, doctor, let me lay on the couch and tell you. No, but I mean, what is it about people who are somewhat accomplished? I mean, I'm not saying I'm a superstar by any means, but I'm an accomplished speaker. I've been sure. in business for 27 years. I have things to impart, but I've never looked at TEDx. Is there something about TEDx that you found that people find uh, very intimidating as opposed to just say me going to the digital summit and speaking at a marketing conference to 500 you know, people? Yeah, there, there are a few things. Um, one thing that's different is yeah, a lot of speakers, they've grown from referrals, which is awesome. I mean, if you're doing a good enough job and, and people recognize that they're going to refer you on, that's a, that's a good sign. You should keep doing a good job, right? But oftentimes that ask to say, hey, Alex, please come speak at this event. It gives you the confidence that you're ready for that audience. Whereas for TEDx, they're, they're so bombarded with applicants. They, for the most part, don't have to go out and ask people to speak. And so the, at the difference between somebody asking you and you proactively pitching that event, that's a hurdle that a lot of people aren't willing to, to go over. So that, that causes a lot of intimidation, right? Um, that's one thing. Um, the pitching thing, right? You could get rejected. Whereas if you're getting invited, like you're just never rejected. You're rejected from everyone that didn't ever talk, talk to you, which is every other event in the world. But you know, it's, uh, that's different. Um, so I think that's the, 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 probably the biggest thing. Uh, and another one too, is people are used to seeing their mentors on there. Right? So people yeah. like, Oh, you've got their books and they've got, they're famous. They've got millions of views. And, and so sometimes what I hear from people is like, well, who, like, who am I to put myself in that realm? Like, am I, am I kind of too big for my britches a little bit? Is this really, is this appropriate? imposter and, syndrome a little bit too oh to, hold on 100 and and people have a high standard for themselves i mean it's like hey if you had a meeting with obama if obama called you up and said hey like we want to call you to a meeting you would be nervous but you would probably show up for that meeting right yeah. because yeah it was it's a bigger uh risk or, or penalty to not show up because you've already you've wasted the opportunity by not showing up but how many people do you know that have actively pitched Obama for a meeting? Like almost none, like almost nobody, right? Because right. we think, oh, well, well, who am I? He would probably say no, it would probably be a waste of time. And then I would feel embarrassed that I thought to myself, 
I could do this. What an idiot I am. The reality is though, TEDx is very much like a marathon. When you start training for a marathon, you're not ready for a marathon. Maybe you could run five kilometers, 10 kilometers. And that's a long stretch from a, like a marathon is what, I mean, I'm Canadian, so kilometers, okay, six miles, right? Okay, marathon's 26.6 or two or something like that. I've only but, run halves. I can't, I, yeah. see, that's my problem right there, Ryan. Uh, I, I could do half a TEDx. Was. <laughs> so, and, and here's the thing about marathon training or half marathon training is the purpose of the program is to, is to prepare you so that by the time 12 weeks or 16 weeks rolls around, your body is in condition to do that. And uh, I think people, you know, when you get invited for a speaking opportunity, when someone says, Hey, Alex, come speak here, our budgets, you know, whatever. Um, you're like, they're, ad, they're, they're validating for you that you're ready right now. So it's easy to say, all right, I'll, just, I'll, I'll say yes. But if, if you've never experienced what a plan looks like to get ready to even apply to, a, to, to an event. I mean, to, to, for TEDx, I've had clients that have worked with other people, other coaches in the past, and for years, they get turned down again and again and again and again and again. And it's because they, they started pitching like right away. Yeah. So they didn't kind of get ready for the pitch. Um, whereas with me, what I do is it takes a few weeks to even prepare the message and part of what we're doing is getting them ready to actually get invited. Right? right. But the other part is showing them that, Hey, the market is really responding quite well to this message. See like real people who don't know, you don't care about you are resonating with this message. So that get, that gives them the confidence to send the application to risk rejection, both from the organizer and from really themselves and the audience when they deliver the talk itself on stage. I'd be remiss if I guess didn't step back. Sorry, folks, because I, I assume everybody knows what a TEDx is. Do you mind just giving us like the one minute encapsulation? What is sure. a TEDx? Ted, um, it's an acronym, Technology Entertainment Design. Started in California in 84, I think. And um, if people pr may know the brand TED Talks. Basically, the smartest people in the world have delivered a TEDx talk. Um, so we're talking famous politicians, you know, Al Gore, uh, people that are kind of well-known in the, in the speaking space, like Tony Robbins. Um, you know, we're talking major celebrities. Uh, Bill Gates, uh, of course, as well, has done a TEDx talk. Um, Richard Branson has done a few, um, or, or rather TED Talks. And then TEDx is the local platform. So there's one TED events that happens every year now in Vancouver and um, the, the local TEDx event, you know, TEDx Toronto, TEDx London, TEDx New York, TEDx, you know, Amsterdam, whatever. The, it's a general, it's a general um, speaking opportunity. And uh, so it's not, it's not just a marketing conference. It's not just a, a relationships conference or a business conference. It's for big ideas for the world. The cool thing about um, the platform is on YouTube. So number one, it's internationally recognized, right? So I've traveled all around the world. I've been to 58 countries and actually most places I've been to that are outside of North America, the brand TEDx is more well recognized than TED. And uh, so it's cool. Like if you want to do business internationally uh, or speak internationally, have clients internationally, they will all, if you say, oh, I spoke at like Joe's marketing conference, even if you got paid 20 grand, they're, they have never heard of Joe's marketing conference, right? <laughs> if you say, I spoke at a TEDx event, they go, oh my God, like I, can I see the video? 
their guaranteed whoever whatever executive you're talking to their children watch TEDx talks for university their chances are their their wife or their friends will watch it on weekends for fun like they people are um there's billions of people uh or the the TEDx channel I think is over one or two billion views now on YouTube so it's very popular however you do have to make sure the quality is high in the events so just like you know any any kind of blog or or newspaper speaking event that you would help somebody get to just because it's a conference doesn't mean it's a good conference it could be a dinky conference with no videography and you know and things like that and tedx is the same it's run the x is it's run by local entrepreneurs who are independent they're not TED, ted employees so that means there's no funding coming from ted either and things like a big conference hall or videography those are expensive things yeah. <laughs> so the quality of those events does vary considerably and that's why it's so important to pursue the best tedx events right not the kind of the small ones some of them aren't even filmed actually a, a big chunk of them aren't even filmed and some of them like the video looks it looks really bad uh, oh. i've shown some clients like hey this is the difference between a you know a and b and and they've gone wow this one looks like it was filmed on a someone's cell phone and yeah oh yeah oh yeah, yeah. like this the stage like this you know like the sign only has like the big ted letters right, right. Honestly, some of them, it, it looks like someone just took a piece of paper and got like a Sharpie marker and, and drew it on a piece of paper. Oh I, my gosh. You, you, you know. So the quality is really important because honestly, I think if you get, if you speak at a bad conference and, and if you don't look at this beforehand, you might show up on event day and be surprised by this. Yeah. If you speak at a bad conference, you don't own the video. Like the video goes up on their YouTube channel. You can never take it down. Right, even though right. you're the speaker. So imagine, I mean, imagine publishing a book with a spelling mistake on the cover and like a really lousy looking cover. It could, it could honestly, it could ruin your reputation because you want your clients to think of you as a professional of someone who's got their stuff together, uh, of someone who's going to deliver a high value service to them, your customer. If they then see that you've got stuff online that looks unprofessional, looks like kind of fake, yeah. then uh, if you want to, I mean, you want to have control over that, but you can't, if you do a TEDx talk and a bad, a, a poorly run venue, which yeah, it's like, it, yeah, it's like anything. It's, it's quality. Um, yeah. And it's, it's one thing to say I did a TEDx, but if it looks like you did it in somebody's backyard, that's probably not a great thing. Um, no. So, so it's like, is it still, what is it about 18 minutes? How long is the talk? Yeah, it has to be less than 18 minutes. That doesn't mean that it has to be exactly 18. There are some, like I have a client who did a talk at this big event in uh, Buenos Aires in Argentina. Uh, it's all in Spanish. So people speak Spanish. They can, they can watch it. But 10,000 people in the room, um, he did a three-minute talk. So you can do, there's actually a ton that you can do that are shorter. Uh, I think it takes quite a lot of skill, actually, to do a really short talk. Yeah. But actually, the performance, I've done an analysis of, like, the entire, I have a programming background, so, uh, uh, you know, and I analyzed 100-something thousand videos, and the longer it is, the better uh, in terms of performance, average, median performance. So yeah, it, it can be short. It, it can be up to 18 minutes. Okay. Well, and I appreciate all this background here and, and in the time we have left, I wanted to ask you, Ryan. So, okay, we'll just pretend it's me. Okay. Um, yeah. I've got something percolating, been wanting to talk about it in a while. So I, I, I need you to help me get the, move the ball forward here. Sure. So 
what's it look like if you could if you could i don't need you to go through every detail but if you could just kind of break down people out there listening if either for themselves or for their clients want to call you and say hey this is what's going on i guess it would help for me first of all one who what kind of clients do you want to talk to and then two what's the steps to go through sure so number one uh i want to talk to people who already they they're already good at what they do. So they're not like beginning as an entrepreneur and they think this is like the fast track to business success. Um, they're already getting results for clients. They're already uh, other people that are not them and not their mom think, Hey, like you're quite good at this. And that could look like customers and, and testimonials on, on their work. That could also look like they published a blog post and that got featured in Forbes, right? Where there's some kind of external validation of their stuff or, or they publish a blog post on their own site and people like, Oh my God, like this is, this is the best wedding thing I've read all year. Like this is, this changed my life. All of a sudden, boom, like that's a sign that we got to get this out there. Um, but it could also be just, Hey, I've got this client methodology that I walk people through and it works really well. And I feel like a best kept secret. I feel like if people only knew how good I was at what I did, I would, I would get this massive influx of clients and, and credibility, but I'm having a hard time articulating to the outside world what this thing, what this big thing is that they can apply that other people can apply without just giving away like all of my stuff. <laughs> Cause you know, yeah. you know, what so that's who I want to talk to. They don't have to be a professional speaker. Um, yeah, it's a bonus if they are certainly if they're really comfortable on stage, like you are Alex, but honestly, for me, my TEDx talk was my first talk I ever did. So, you know, don't tell anybody. Um, oh my gosh. That's the, uh, and, and that's, pretty similar for some of my clients where they don't have a Twitter account at all, let alone a following. Uh, maybe they've done a podcast or two, but they're, you know, they're confident enough telling people about what they believe, but their TEDx talk is like their first or second talk, like other than a, a couple of networking events here and there. So anyway, that's who I want to talk to. And then, uh, man, you got this, I wish people could see the video. You've got this shocked look on your face. Like, Oh God, like, <laughs> you mean this this guy's so unqualified he's getting these amazing opportunities okay so uh, all right so what do we do well first off we got to recognize that these amazing opportunities these like high quality events we want to be speaking at um it, it does take some work um and we're it's a long journey so between the time that you apply and the video coming up on youtube is about eight months um, with like videography editing and, and there's a selection process before. So we want to make sure that investment is well spent period. Uh, first step I would ask is, Hey, like Alex, what are your long-term goals? Like you're doing a TEDx talk. Why? And the answer could be, I've got this book launch coming up. Like I want to launch the book. Wonderful. Your topic has to be about the book somehow because, or about the concept behind the book. Otherwise no one's going to just, Google you and say, Oh, he's in a book. And he talked about his relationship with his dog, but he's got a leadership book. So like, I'll buy his book. They're, they're not going to make that link. You have to be really clear in the, in the talk. So the talk has to line up with your goals and objectives. Um, there's no right or wrong answer for that. It's just, uh, so that's the kind of the first thing I would ask people. Uh, and then there's a few week process. It takes people I work with, uh, three to four weeks. And what I'm doing in that three to four weeks with them is I'm sending them off to say, all right, Alex, we're starting with a sentence of your, of your talk idea. We're testing a few different iterations of it. And I have you do little market research tests. You come back to me with the data and I say, all right, it seems like people are like, you're saying this. It seems like a lot of people were 
they thought you meant this, or they're, they're saying this, like, does that line up with your experience? You might say, Oh yeah, I've got a bunch of coaching clients that say this, or, um, that kind of lines up with here. And so we're, we're using those tests to steer the direction of the core idea. And, and we're doing that in stages. Really what we're doing is like Kickstarter for, for ideas. We're using not the data of who likes it. Cause I don't care if people like it or not. I want people to be impacted by it mm. and, and provide value to them. Right. What you, the, the feedback you don't want to do is, Hey, do you guys like this idea or what title do you like the best? Um, that's like saying, Hey, I have a business idea. Do you like my business idea? Not good. Right. You want people <laughs> to buy your thing. You don't want people to go, I like this business idea. That sounds cool. And ideas are the same. You want people to take action and to change their beliefs and minds about the world, not just go, yeah, this sounds interesting. I like this title, right? So that's what we're doing. Um, that leads to you sending in the pitch. Oh, uh, so by the way, um, the purpose of those tests is two things. Number one, it's to work on you. So I need to give you, Alex, the confidence that if I make this big investment over months and months and months, and then deliver this talk on a high stake stage, this is really going to work and it's going to really work well. And people are really going to love it and, and be impacted by it. And my investment will pay off either in terms of cultural impact or credibility for your business or, or um, exposure or what have you. Right. We're also the purpose of those tests too, is we're not just impacting you, right? We're impacting the TEDx organizers who are selecting you and you've got about the same odds of getting in there as you do in Harvard. So we need to do a really good job there. Right. So that's not, that's not, I mean, even if people are not afraid of rejection, we actually do have to get you the opportunity at some point. Right. Right. So that's the, the second stage is you getting invited. And then the last piece we've got to do is I teach you about um, how do you prepare this talk? So even if people are, are confident speakers, uh, they may never have memorized a talk before. So some, for some people that could be a bit nerve wracking. And then also there's just some things that I have to do to, to make sure that, that, uh, they know all the things they have to do on the stage. So for people that are used to being filmed, they know these things already, but like, you know, you don't wear all white, you don't wear all black, you don't wear kind of loud patterns or jangly, right. you know, earrings or, and, uh, and, and things like that. So there's things like that. And like, what's the color of the stage? Is the stage lit or dark? Um, I want people to go into that experience and they know all the details. They're like, I got this in the same way that like I went into doing an Ironman. Like I, I was, I had a coach and I was prepared and I, <laughs> you show up on a race day and you're like, wow, I've spent nine months working out twice a day hard, but I know I'm ready. Cause I've thought of, I've been told everything that, that, that I can, I can think of. So anyway, that's the process. Um, the, I guess the thing that I, I like this analogy of like the marathon, like feeling ready at the beginning versus getting ready we have to get ready for someone to do a TEDx talk, but they can get ready. I mean, most people, if they've got testimonials, they're like, yeah, people love my work. I'm experienced. Like I know my stuff. They can get ready to get invited in, you know, three, four weeks. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. So, so we're, we're talking soup to nuts here. You're going to, um, if I hear you correctly, you're going to, somebody comes to evaluate the, the idea, first of all, and I think you would obviously say, I, that's probably hmm, not probably going to make it, but we can do some market testing and see if we can tweak it. That sounds like what I'm hearing. 
Well, um, I mean, there's there, honestly, uh, uh, yeah, like there's, you know, 30% of people that come to me, I say, I would love to talk to you in six months after you do things. Right. <laughs> I think a lot of your listeners, like, for example, like the kind of person where I would say, I think you should like do these things first and then come back to me. I don't even say like, you, you, I, I can't have any of your money. Like they don't get to know the price. They don't get to know any details about the program, nothing. Uh, are the kind of people who they say, okay, I used to be a lawyer, hated being a lawyer and I want to start a new business. I want to inspire people, but I don't know how hmm. yet. I don't know what I'm going to like, Oh, I want to inspire people and cause change. Well, like what kind of change do you want to change their relationships or their health or their, uh, their marketing or their business. So for someone who's unsure specifically what they want to be doing in like five years time, for example, for that kind of person, I, I have to have them solve the, what direction does my life take? separate right. from me because right. I want them to be pretty certain that they want to be in a particular industry or they really feel passionately about a cause and they're still going to feel that way in, in a few years time. Uh, but for people that are already good at what they do and they're like, yeah, I, I know I want to do something related to this book or this, this business, right? I know it's one of these things. Then, yeah, then, then what we do is, is test that out. Um, and we're using that data as well to steer the direction of the talk. For sure. So, yes. Uh, okay. Last question. Sure. Um, th this is aimed directly at my PR brethren and sister. Uh -huh. um, what if, Ryan, we think our CEO or our client would be great for this? Do you advise us going to them and saying, I think you should really consider this? Now, bearing in mind, I've heard everything you said today about who should sure. and what. But you're, you know the question we're going to get from PR folks in particular who are always looking for that next level opportunity for their client. Yeah. Yeah. Have, you had, have you run into that, first of all? And second of all, does it change how you approach it at all? You mean if they have a PR person? I mean, so if someone is, if the client has, has hired a PR person, um, I mean, they're obviously trying to save some time and, and have somebody else get them opportunities, right? I mean, so there's benefits. I think there's benefits in two places. Obviously there's benefits for the client because they get to do this TEDx talk, right? It's a great opportunity. Um, there's also benefits for the PR person. I mean, imagine how much easier it's going to be pitching a client who's already got that level of credibility. Like they can say, Hey, I got a client who's a TEDx speaker. Dude, all of a sudden, every other opportunity that you pitch for that client is going to be easier. So that's going to make your relationship with your clients so much more valuable because every moment of your day as your, your just hit rate is higher, you can get them better opportunities and you can get more opportunities because they have a really good sample of your stuff. So yeah, like the, so I've seen a lot of, um, I've had people, um, when I was doing the, when I was organizing a TEDx event, I had PR people pitch me. Um, honestly, a lot of them didn't do a great job because they were pitching the, they were pitching a TEDx event as if they were pitching on mass a thousand events. And I, I don't know if they realize just how competitive these, these TEDx events can be. So the one thing I would say to PR people is, um, yes, your client can probably do a TEDx talk, mm. but you're going to have to spend, it's going to, it's going to be harder. You have to spend more time preparing that pitch than a pitch that you would black you, you kind of like scatter shot and, and do the numbers approach for other things because keeping in mind like just to give you some context like that TEDx event that you're pitching they have 200 pitches plus so and they're selecting about 10 speakers so every single one of those speakers is good at what they do 
they're all CEOs, they're all authors, they're all, they all passionate about their thing. And so, you know, if, if you, if you don't get any love or, you know, you get turned down and you have you, you had no feedback, which you're not going to, because if you've got 200 people that you were turning down, like you don't have time to give reasons why you just say, no, sorry. Um, you know, if you get turned down, like, don't be discouraged. It's there. You got turned down because your pitch wasn't, um, properly done. You can reach out to me and, and we can talk about that. The one thing I would do is like, I, I have to work at some point with the end client because they have to actually do the talk. Um, and they're going to have to talk to the TEDx organizer if they make it through the first stage of the application process. So they don't just do one stage. It's not like, Hey, we saw your thing. Your, we saw your email from your PR person. Yes, you're booked. You're in it's, it's not that easy. Right. So I have to make sure that the, the end client, this, the speaker is prepared. And as part of that process, we have to do that market research part that we talked about. Um, and so some, I, I mean, I, so, so far I haven't found a case where, it works better if a third party is doing it because really what we're doing is like getting the expertise of the founder of the CEO of the main person. And honestly, um, if, if you do play the numbers game, uh, for a high quality TEDx event, that person will probably get turned down in the second stage once they uh. have a zoom meeting or Skype meeting or something with the organizer, if that person is not prepared. So that, and it, in terms of setting expectations, uh, kind of a, it's going to take longer on the pitch side. So for me, it's a couple of weeks, right? And I've done a TEDx talk, selected speakers myself and my client, like 50% hit rate. I don't know what people are getting typically, but you know, it's pretty good when you've got Harvard level kind of odds and, and half of them are getting invited. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty good. Um, the alternative, by the way, is like, I know people who insist on, um, and they basically act as a PR agency. They will apply for a bunch of events on someone's behalf. Uh, their hit rate, by the way, is they insist on 50 to 60 events they have to apply for to get one invitation. Wow. So, the, I mean, and, and that, that approach may work better for a super, super, super busy CEO. The downside, though, is if you think about um, the message itself, if you have to apply to 60 events to get one to say yes, those 59 events, they're telling you some really important data. They're telling you, we don't, 59 people are telling you, 59 committees of people, not even just one person, <laughs> groups of people are telling you, we don't think that if this message was spread on the stage, that it would be a good fit for our audience. So they're yeah. thinking on behalf of their audience. Um, the thing with a TEDx event or a TEDx talk is not just, it's unlike a lot of other opportunities. This is not kind of the day of media. Um, it's a filmed event and people watch Ted talks for years and years and years afterwards. Right. So I would be thinking about this strategically as more of like a, like a book you want to invest. It makes sense to invest upfront in the content because the longevity of that content is, is very long. Yeah. Um, because you're going to, what you're going to do is you're going to use that content not just the brand of TEDx, but the actual message inside of it to get your clients other opportunities, right? Forever. So, um, yeah, I would, I would say that, uh, in terms of like setting expectations with both the PR people and the, and the client. Ryan, if people want to learn more, how do they get a hold of you? 
Yeah, so you can email me directly, um, Ryan at viralmessagelab.com. And if you're if you're if you listen to this whole thing and you're serious enough to do it, uh, and if you have questions about it, we can we can set up a call and talk about questions. If you are not sure if you can do it or not, or you know valuable for you where you're at strategically in your business right now, just ask me. Right, I'm good to go. Oh, that sounds fantastic, folks. If you've got high stakes content, um, you can go to this gentleman and get some confidence and get some know how and. You know, sometimes maybe some tough love, I think, to let you know how to, um, you know, give you the best possible shot. So it's really great. Ryan Hildebrandt, thanks again for appearing with us here in the Virtual Lounge. Thanks, Alex. It's been fun. Oh, you know what that means? Looks like it's last call here at your virtual lounge for PR news views and interviews. Don't forget, you can ask me a question anytime. You can do it through our Twitter account, which is at ours PR, or even better, you can send me a message vocally. I would love to hear your voice, and I'll answer it on the show. There's a link in the show notes. All you have to do is sign up through Anchor FM. It's free, doesn't take long, and you record your message. I get the message. I will play your audio. Just give me your first name and the city you live in, and then I will answer the question to the best of my ability right here on the show. Don't forget, too, if you're enjoying this podcast, you can support it and help increase the frequency and value of the show. Just consider being a sponsor for your brand or your agency or just yourself because you're like, I like this show. Or just drop a few coins in the virtual tip jar. Either way, there's links in the show notes. Please check that out. All of that, of course, being in the show notes where you're listening right now or at PRAfterHours.com. I see that they're turning up the lights. Last call is over and I've got to clean up this virtual lounge. And until next time, I'm Alex Greenwood and you've been listening to PR After Hours on Anchor FM.